And then I have, for the first time in my life, what I can only explain as a vision. It was exactly like how I'd see a spirit come through, almost um, almost like how I've explained in the past, when a memory surfaces in your brain, but... Welcome to Psychic-ish. Thank you so much for your patience. I'm very aware that this episode has been released after it was meant to be. I'm sorry. I was naughty. <laughs> I was cheeky. <laughs> Work has been manic this week. Anyway, sorry. haven't introduced myself. My name is Lydia. You're listening to Psychic-ish. This is the podcast for you to hear about my experiences growing up seeing spirits and being in complete denial about it. And over the past two years, I guess, I've just decided to accept it, open myself up to this whole thing, and I document how my psychic ability how my psychic abilities develop here on the microphone. You better buckle your seatbelts because we actually have a really long episode today. Sorry. <laughs> You had to wait longer for the episode, but you get like, the amount of two episodes in one, I guess. I would usually cut this down, have it in two parts, but there's just no way I could split the story up in two. So today you're going to hear all about how Daniel, you're, sorry, I'm so flustered. You're going to hear all about how my boyfriend Daniel and I were meant to go to the Caribbean and then the last minute... Things just started to go wrong. We didn't make it to the Caribbean and my spirit guides or whoever was looking over me were sending me the message that we were being protected. So I tell you all about what happened, what led up to it, and then I actually find out why we were being protected and what we were being protected from. Okay, <laughs> let's get into the episode. <laughs> I had recorded an entire episode and went to finish editing it today and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to start all over because it was just a mess. I just got off working a few double shifts from this week and I'm just absolutely exhausted. Um, I'd recorded this episode really quickly in the midst of this all and then I saw that the computer had recorded it instead of the microphone so just lots of things went wrong and that's okay I think it happened on purpose because I was actually pretty sad at the time and what I'm about to talk about today is kind of depressing so I think now that now that I kind of got it out of my system in a sad way I feel like maybe I can be a bit more measured today which is healthier for all of us <laughs> so I feel like I need to unpack a little bit from last episode. I'm still coming to terms with everything. And honestly, I think the reason for my poorer mood was perhaps because my brain was just so tired from being absolutely packed all day, every day in my waking life and in my dreams, because I was just trying to make sense of the connections I'd made from having that 40 year long dream and connecting with my son from it in episodes 33 and 34. It's funny because over the past week, I don't know if it's just because I've been so busy and stressed out with work, but my brain was pretty much rejecting the idea in its entirety. And it's strange for me because as I was experiencing it in real time, it's so real, like, and all the connections are so true, but all it takes is a few days and I just start questioning myself. I start questioning if any of it was real, if it's all my imagination, and it can be quite a downward spiral and it can actually get quite depressing and confusing. So I'm glad that I had work to focus on for the last few days to kind of preoccupy my mind and then now I feel okay 
to actually start thinking about it in a rational mind, but I'm still giving myself a bit of space. I'm not going to lie because um, I just feel like I need it. But I have to say, I got the most lovely message. I don't know if it's from one of you or if it's from two of you because it's two people that share the Instagram account. And I don't know who's messaging me out of the names of the handle on the Instagram account, but I need to read it out to you because it made me tear up at my desk at work. So they said, love this episode. As soon as you said you loved the name Leo, I knew your spirit guide was your son. If you had a son in this lifetime, would you consider the name Leo again? Can't wait for your next episode. I look forward to them so much. <laughs> Stop. You never fail to make me laugh, Lydia. Such a beautiful soul. <laughs> no, don't. I'm actually crying. <laughs> oh. It can... I started this whole podcast because I felt lonely experiencing things like this and didn't have anyone to talk about them with. And I can't lie. Like, it, it's still pretty lonely experiencing this stuff. And... I'm just so lucky that I have such lovely people like you listening to my voice every two weeks. I'm so lucky that I have people out there that like believe in me when I don't believe in myself. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Like your little messages that come through in my question boxes the day after the episode drops and your little DMs, they honestly mean so much to me. Thank you for reaching out. It just means the world. I feel like I've said that twice now, but I'm sorry. I'm in my emotions, so I can't articulate very well. <laughs> hmm. There was one little bit of extra information that I need to just get out of the way before I sort of put that dream to rest. Oh, wait, no, I didn't answer the question. I didn't answer the question, would I consider naming my son Leo? It's funny, okay, because when I was meditating once in a spot where I was quite sad and like in need of a lot of love, I think I had my future children come through to me in a way like how I'd see a spirit and I felt them all hug me at once and I just felt their love and I felt maternal love coming from me, just like complete unconditional love. And so ever since, like I have these images of these three kids in my mind and one of them is a boy. I don't know if that's how it's all going to pan out, but who knows? Hopefully I can just have kids <laughs> in general. So in my mind, I know that I might possibly have a son. And around when I first started meeting my spirit guides, one of my flatmates was called Leo. He's a really cool and just lovely down to earth guy. And I remember thinking at the time, like, God, I'd love to have a son that's like him. Like, he's just such a good person. And I loved the name Leo. It was my favorite name. <laughs> so that was at the top of my baby name list. And I have a long baby name list. I daydream about future children that I'm going to have and what they're going to be called. <laughs> and it was at the top of my list. So I definitely think I'd consider it, of course. I just don't know. I don't know if that takes anything away from my first Leo though you know like I think I think he needs to have that name and I think it needs to stay his and I know that like I, I still have him here right like I can chat to him whenever I want so I don't know I think I might make space for a different name to come through I do still absolutely love it though so I'm not going to write it off just yet As I said, though, there was one little thing that I found out the day that the last podcast dropped, and I think that's what made my mind just shut down about all of this in general and just push it away in its entirety. So I was scrolling through TikTok, as I usually do, because it's an addictive app that I wish I'd never had, but hey, I have it and I love it. So yeah, what you gonna do? And this video came on and it had in big letters over this girl's face what 
what was happening in your life in 2016 and 2017. I'm just going to play the video for you now because I feel like her voice is way better than mine but just be aware it has this weird little voiceover effect on it so she kind of sounds like a cartoon character but just listen what was happening in your life from 2016 to 2017 the astrology and life in general is all about cycles things repeating themselves over time right now right this moment Whatever was going on in your life in 2017 is repeating itself so that you can learn its lesson and possibly put it to rest. So think about what were the major themes in your life back then. Let it go, heal them, and move on. Okay, so you already know where this is going to go. I had that dream in 2017. I had thought about it, but I'd thought about it in silence. Like I hadn't told anyone about this until... I spoke about it on the podcast and I think I also made a video on TikTok about it last year. I think it was my first video that went viral, maybe. I don't know. And it only went viral because of the amount of people that had similar experiences. Like it was crazy. But that happened in 2017. And then my whole understanding of that dream was in one box, right? And then just as of a few weeks ago, the day I decide to talk about that dream, that just sparks this whole new cycle of understanding of what that dream was even about. So I have like the first meaning in box one that was from 2017 up until like June 2023. And then I have this whole new meaning that I'm still trying to understand. But oh, like... It just brings a whole new element to it. Like it's just another connection to show me that this all actually is real. But again, I just need some time. I need some space. And one of the reasons that I need some time and space and one of the reasons why I'm still like in a little bit of disbelief around it is because back in April, I had an experience with my spirit guides or maybe not even back in April, probably for the six months leading up to April as well, I was in communication with my spirit guides about something and they told me something was going to happen and it didn't. So I'm (laughs) I'm a little grumpy with them. I can't be grumpy with them because they were protecting me. But I'm just second guessing any little piece of advice they give me now because I don't know if they're telling me like the truth or if they're telling me what I need to hear in that moment. So that brings me to what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm about to tell you about what happened leading up to when Dan and I were meant to go to the Caribbean, how he lost his passport and why. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to do my very best to truncate this story because there's so many little details to it and I don't want to have you sitting here forever getting bored. So I'm going to try and wake you up this whole time. I'll try and just be my little high energy self. Maybe I should go and crack a coke. Crack a coke. Maybe I should go and crack a coke open. That's a really good tongue twister if any of you are speech pathologists or anything like that. Crack a coke open, crack a coke open, crack a coke. Oh my gosh, use that with your clients. <laughs> I love how like I try to never give advice ever because I'm just like, why would I give advice when I don't know better than anyone that's listening? But I'll give advice about a tongue twister. <laughs> Okay, so why were Dan and I going to the Caribbean? Well, I was just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with my concussion recovery and I'd spent at least a year and a half contained to my bedroom and the house and then I spent the next year trying to get used to outdoor surroundings but I was still really living a really regimented lifestyle that surrounded my concussion recovery 
And I got to the point where I was just like, I just need something to look forward to. I'm at a point where I can manage my symptoms wherever I am. I'm okay traveling. Let's just do something fun. And after Dan's sister was getting married in Vegas, some of his family members said that they were going to go to the Caribbean. And I was just like, you know what? Let's go. And the weird thing is, like, they were going on a cruise and I grew up... <laughs> I grew up, like I have memories of watching Titanic on VCR on my own. Like I'd sit a meter away from the TV on the floor and just watch Titanic. And I would, (laughs) I'd just start crying from the first frame. And honestly, that whole experience, me crying as soon as the opening credits came on, That was my indicator from a really young age that I'm more sensitive than other people because my sisters wouldn't cry. My mum wouldn't cry, but I would fall. And now looking back at it, I almost wonder if those were like empath qualities coming through, maybe. Um, But I vowed to myself that I'd never go on a cruise, one, for the possibility of drowning, and two... (laughs) sorry I'd like I'm not I feel bad laughing because like it's still a possibility but it sounds so silly saying that like in 2023 you know but the other reason why I swore off cruises for life which has come about in the last few years as well is because I know that they're a breeding ground for norovirus and like other vomity viruses and you know that I have a phobia for vomiting and I steer clear from any scenario that could bring that sort of pain into my life so that was actually another big reason as to why I never wanted to go on a cruise it also just doesn't make much sense because like I'm such an introvert I get exhausted being around the energy of other people all the time I hate big crowds so like in hindsight it makes no sense that I wanted to do this I think it was more just like it was a an opportunity for some adventure that I was craving I was wanting to live life more and also I just never thought that I'd like ever have a chance where I'd really go to the Caribbean again because it just wasn't on my top five or top ten places that I'm keen to go. Anyway, droning on again. I said I'd truncate the details and I really haven't, have I? So that was the aim. We were going to the Caribbean. We'd booked about eight months in advance. And in those eight months, I started learning how to manifest in different ways that I've talked about in previous episodes too. So manifesting through visualization and then manifesting through scripting as well. And every time I thought about the Caribbean and tried to manifest just like having a really big adventure and a really lovely, happy, fun time, I always got a lot of positive feedback from my spirit guides. Like they'd just agree with me that it was going to happen. They'd tell me that I deserved it after all this time. The happier times are coming my way. I'd be like at the gym and I'd be thinking about being on the boat or whatever. And I'd see angel numbers over and over and over on the treadmill or whatever machine I was on or the clock or my phone. Just if I ever thought about that trip it was like I was getting this positive reinforcement from my spirit guides. So I was really excited. And then when we actually got to Vegas, things just started going wrong. And it wasn't for us. It was just things surrounding the wedding in general. Like a lot of people got really sick. A lot of people got injured. And it was just, it just kind of felt like every day something else happened and it became the joke like we were there for eight days and it was just like what's gonna happen tomorrow you know like we just didn't know what was gonna come next but Dan and I were kind of just I don't know we were in this like his sister was getting married and we love her and we were so excited to see her and his family and you know the new brother-in-law like it was just such an exciting time that the bad things that happened didn't really get us down it just kind of added to the story you know like when you were gonna laugh back at it one day anyway what happens the day that we are meant to leave we were meant to leave Vegas at 5 p.m on a plane 
we were going to go to Atlanta where I was going to meet some of Dan's extended family that I hadn't met yet, that he loves to absolute pieces. (laughs) And then we were going to fly to Florida, get on the cruise and be on that cruise for eight days, fly back to Atlanta and then come back to Vancouver. So it was a big trip. But we wake up bright and early on, I think it was a Sunday, wake up at 10 a.m. We're packing. Dan packs like a serial killer. Like, honestly, you should see his suitcase. Like, because he worked in retail, like, in his younger years. And so his folding skills are just next level. But yeah, he always makes me feel like less of a good person when I like stuff everything into one bag and his is just looks like it could be off a like an organization ad he could be Marie Kondo's little apprentice honestly (laughs) maybe I'll start manifesting that (laughs) then bring in the big bucks (laughs) so he's packing and then he just turns to me and he said Lid I don't have my passport and he looks stressed but I wasn't worried because I was just like, oh, he's doing a boy look, you know, because like he I swear he just doesn't open his eyes when he's lost something. Or I feel like he kind of treats me like his mum, like if he's lost something, he doesn't actually look for himself. He tells me first and asks me to look before he even looks himself. So I wasn't worried. And I was just like, "Okay, like, where'd you use it last? And he'd used it last five days before at the bachelor party. We had the bachelor and bachelorette parties on the same night. And that night, we were just going to take our driver's licenses as ID. But someone had messaged in the wedding group chat saying that bars don't accept driver's licenses for international visitors in Vegas and to take passports. (laughs) So I don't even think Dan wanted to take his, but he did. Anyway, that was the last time he saw it. And so we're just like, great, he fucking lost it at a strip club. Like, what are the chances? Like, he loses it on the bachelor party. But I was kind of convinced it was still in the room. So I checked the little pocket of my suitcase where I locked our passports and valuables throughout the day. And mine was in there, but his wasn't. And I remembered seeing his passport next to mine on my bedside table because I thought it was weird that after we got back from the bachelor and bachelorette parties that he put all his belongings on my bedside table because every other night he'd put them on his own. So we both had seen it for the last time five days beforehand. It could be anywhere, but... I call the strip club that the boys went to because he was too embarrassed. And then I went down to the hotel lobby to check and see if anything had been handed in. And then Dan called the hotel as well to see if anything had been handed in. But what I did before I called around and spoke to concierges and things was I asked my guides if we were going to find the passport. And they said no immediately. They said no, like I heard no as I hear things clear audiently. And then I also saw my counsel shaking their head no. <laughs> it's like, great. Um, so I was trying to keep calm, which is new for us because usually he's the calm one in a stressful situation. But I don't know if it's like my anti-anxieties or what, but like I was really calm. I'm really proud of myself. And then I asked if the passport was in the room and I got the same response. No. And shaking of the head. We had unearthed everything from his suitcase, everything from mine. He'd started taking furniture away from the wall to see if it had fallen down the cracks and things like that. But I just kept hearing, no, no. And then he was really upset because he just doesn't like letting people down. And he knew how much this trip meant to me. He'd been to the Caribbean before, so he didn't really mind to go or not to go. Like he was excited to be there with his family and to be there with me. But he knew this kind of meant more to me than it meant to him. And I kind of just like asked my spirit guides because I was frustrated with them like I'd spent what like six months kind of 
in cahoots with them about how cool this trip was going to be. So I was like, what the hell is going on? And I just hear, you're being protected. You're being protected. And like every time I think about that and every time I say it, I get goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now. I know it in my bones. So when I kind of went down to try and find everything and when Dan was talking to people about the passport, I knew we weren't going to find it. And I was actually okay with it because I knew we were being protected. We called the embassy and they gave us like all these things to do. So we started doing them immediately. Luckily, we could fly to Atlanta with just his um, driver's license because it was a domestic flight. But little things like called the strip club and, you know, I just got call back at 8 p.m. So we could only talk to someone after we'd left Vegas. So there was a bit of a like, what should we do around like, should we stay in Vegas for an extra night to see if the passport was at the club or should we just go to Atlanta? And I knew it wasn't going to be there. And I said to him, I was like, look, he needed to go and get a police report saying it was lost and stolen for insurance purposes and so that he could get an emergency passport. And I was like, look, it's kind of redundant whether it's there or not. Like, let's just let's just get this moving because the emergency passport, I think it takes 72 hours to get to you or something. And we were meant to be flying out in five days. So we needed to get cracking. We were on the plane to Atlanta and Dan is just, I can't even say he was holding back tears because he wasn't, he was crying. And he was sitting across from me in the aisle and I was just like holding his hand. And my little skeptical, beautiful boyfriend turns to me and he's just apologizing and apologizing. And I'm just like, it's okay, it's okay. Because I, I knew we were being protected, right? I didn't know what from, but... I believe my spirit guides at that point. God, I'm just thinking like a year or two ago, if I heard what I'm saying right now, I'd be like, God, this this girl's delusional. Like spirit guides aren't a thing. Like it's just crazy to think how much your life can kind of change. Anyway, he was sitting across from me and he just looks at me and he says with a complete straight face, I'm going to manifest getting that passport. And... He was, he laughs at me when I say I manifest, right? So like he doesn't technically believe in it, but he sees when things I manifest come true. And I guess it took something like this for him to try. I mean, he also loves Conor McGregor, who is renowned for manifesting outcomes for his UFC fights. So he isn't a stranger to the phenomenon of manifestation, But all he knows is like, think that it's going to happen, right? Think positively. And I said to him, I was like, look, okay, you're going to manifest what you need to do. Don't just think about getting the passport. Think about where you're going to be, when it's in your hands, who's around you, what it feels like to have it in your hands and focus on those emotions and just focus on those for as long as you can because your brain will try and mold that reality, you know? I was saying that to him (laughs) while I was sitting next to him, actively hoping for the opposite. Because I knew that if this was happening, like, I don't know, I just got the feeling like my intuition was telling me this was big. Like, it wasn't just that we lost the passport. It was just that it felt like every little step of the way, we were just getting little pushbacks. Like, it wasn't easy to move forward and and try and progress with this whole thing like when we went to the police station ubers kept getting cancelled and then we had to wait at the police station for an abnormally long time than usual and then when we went to get him some passport photos the people there took the wrong photos like we, we knew they were the wrong dimensions and too pixelated bought them anyway and I just took some of my own against the background like that they have there just in case um, the embassy wouldn't accept them so here we were the two of us actively hoping for different things although like he was just hoping for it because he didn't want to let me down you know 
we land in Atlanta and we see that his request that or not request his application for the emergency passport was declined because of the passport photo so I take some photos of him we think they're perfect we think they're great send them through we have to wait until the next day at about 7 p.m I think for it to even be office hours in New Zealand like we had the smallest window of communication with New Zealand and Again, the new photos were declined. So we took some more ones and it took us to the next day before we could hear back from the embassy. And it happened again. So not only, I'm getting shivers again. Not only were we like actively fixing the situation, we were being pushed back. Like every time it got declined, every time something was just so much harder than it was supposed to be, I was just more ingrained in my thinking that like we were not meant to go to the Caribbean. And I haven't mentioned it until now, (laughs) clearly, because I haven't said it, Um, but I did have a dream about three months ago where my granddad and I were on a cruise. The ship had some kind of malfunction. I don't know, maybe it crashed. I don't know, but it started sinking. And Dan was there as well. He and I were able to escape. We swam to shore, but my granddad went down with the ship. I just saw that as anxiety at the time, you know, but now that there was all this pushback, I was like, oh my God, this ship's going to sink. And I wanted to like tell Dan's family, but like, I just knew that they just think I was insane, you know, oh, the ship's going to sink. Like, oh. I don't know. It was just, there was a lot, there was a lot going on. Anyway, we get to the day before we meant to fly to Florida and the passport still hadn't arrived. We we're flying out at 8am the next morning. So even though it had been accepted, finally, we didn't get it in time. So we needed the passport because you're going into international waters, even though you're on a ship. So yeah. That was a no. What had happened the night before we left for Florida was, I don't know if I was just really anxious or what, but as the story usually goes with me, I was trying to fall asleep and I had a spirit come through who I knew someone close to us really wanted to get in touch with and they'd come through really strong And I just said to them, okay, please don't say anything now. Please just save it for when we're with this family member. And then they can hear what you have to say firsthand. I didn't want to have to. Someone just got home. Who is it? Hello. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. I can't remember what I was saying. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that, like, the energy that came through was just around when the person that wanted to connect with them was there so that it could be their experience, so that I could just kind of be a in-between between them instead of just hearing a message from the spirit and relaying it to the person that wanted to talk to them, if that makes sense. I hope it does. But I just wanted the person to be there, in short words. So the spirit listened. They hung around, but they didn't say anything. So that was quite nice. I just had some company. And I don't know what went through my mind, but I think it was something similar to, okay, well, the spirits come through. I must be in a pretty perceptive state. Let's get some information about what the fuck is going on. Sorry, mum. Sorry for swearing. (laughs) Weird. I just... Weird. I just got a message like from my spirit guide saying you shouldn't be apologizing to your mum, you should be apologizing to us about swearing. Wow. Okay, I've never had that before. You should see my goosebumps. Holy shit. Sorry. Holy crap. Is that okay? No? Okay, well, all right. Can I get on with the story? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. They don't like that either. 
Wow, hard to please today. I swear a lot and I've never been told off for it. I feel like a scolded child right now. Anyway, I was lying there and I started listing off because we'd booked excursions to do on this cruise. We'd booked zip lining in, where was it? I think that was in Haiti and then, was it Jamaica? Yeah, zip lining in Haiti. In Jamaica, we were going to go tubing down waterfalls and then like cliff jump into waterfall pools. And then, you know, Dan loves jet skiing. We thought we might do some parasailing. We were just going to do all the activities. So I started listing all my fears because like when I started hearing you're being protected, I'm scared of heights. So I always thought it was just going to be something to do with the zip lining. So that was my first question. I said, was something going to happen while we're zip lining? And I got a no. So cool. Heard no and saw a shake of the head, which meant no to me. I asked if the ship was going to sink and I get a no. And then I just start listing out all these scenarios, you know, and then I'm getting all these no's. I was like, okay, well, what could be so big that would stop us from going on this trip? If the ship's going to be fine, if the excursion's going to be fine. And I said, I just asked, am I going to get another concussion? And I got nods. So I woke up, kept this information to myself. I just didn't know if Dan was in a space where he was ready to hear it. (laughs) And then we get to Florida. We've decided to instead go to Miami and go down to Florida Keys and then back just for four days and then spend more time with Dan's family in Atlanta than we initially planned because we just love them. (laughs) We made it to Miami. We were driving down this road, which Dan swears is in Too Fast, Too Furious. He loves that franchise. So we were going down this road and he was like really into the scenery, you know, like there's all these complete mansions around us everyone's driving like Bugattis or Rolls Royces and Bentleys and we're just in our little freaking rental Nissan or whatever and (laughs) he's sticking out like sore thumbs and he's just so gassed on the fact that he's pretty sure that we're driving on the same road as in Too Fast Too Furious and he's talking about this and I just like couldn't hold it any longer and also I was just kind of sick of the Too Fast Too Furious chat so I just (laughs) I just needed to change the subject. And um, I said to him, I was like, look, I actually, like I told him about the energy that had come through. And then I said, just like I said to you guys, how I asked questions and I got some answers. And he just goes, he's quite silent for a bit and he says, okay. And I say, I asked if I was going to get another concussion and I saw nods and I heard yes. And he's silent for a little bit, which is rare for him. He likes to chat and he likes to sing in the car. And he just goes, okay, like I get that. But can you ask your spirit guides then why my passport got stolen and not yours? And I was like, fuck, what a good point. What a good point, you smart, beautiful man. Like, what a good point. And so I asked them, I say, was I going to get a concussion? Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, I've just got into the part in the story that's really hard to talk about. I've been doing really well up until now. I asked my guides if I was going to get a concussion and they shake their heads, no. So I ask, was Dan going to get a concussion? And I get nods. And then I have, for the first time in my life, what I can only explain as a vision. It was exactly like how I'd see a spirit come through, almost um, almost like how I've explained in the past, when a memory surfaces in your brain, 
but it's not a memory. It's just brand new information and you're kind of seeing it come through while you're going about your daily life. Almost as if you were imagining how you got to work this morning or what it was like to wake up. Um, Like the way that you see that is how I see spirits and energy and scenes sometimes. Um, And it's in black and white usually. (laughs) You tell I'm procrastinating. So I see this vision and it's not black and white, it's in colour. And I'm in a um, waterfall pool that's quite small, like maybe the size of a regular pool, I don't know. But these cliffs all up on the side and the water's really um, turquoise kind of like a dark turquoise and... Dan's lying on his back and he's just floating in the water and his eyes are shut and I kind of like scream and then I just go and like try and wake him up and I put my hand under his head and there's just like blood on my hand and um That's all kind of, that's all I saw. And then I I said this to him. And then the next day we were FaceTiming his parents and he was like, Lid, tell them why we're not in the Caribbean. Oh, did I say that right? Caribbean, Caribbean. I don't know. I'm trying. So I tell them. And they just nod and they start telling us about some friends of theirs who went on a cruise in the Caribbean. And one of them had a health scare. I don't know if it was a heart attack or a fall or what, but the cruise staff just, what's it called when they like um, put someone off the boat? It starts with dis. Um, Disembarked. (laughs) Disembarked the two immediately so they could go to the hospital in Jamaica. Just because of the health system and what the hospital was like in Jamaica, the man in that couple lost his life. And so I didn't realize this. Like I, in my mind, I just thought if there was an accident on the ship, they'd get flown out like to Florida or something. Like you get taken back to America. And I said this to Dan's parents and they said, nope. They get you off the ship as soon as possible and you are stuck wherever you are. And so I realized then, I was like, okay, so Dan, he would have been in hospital in Jamaica trying to figure this all out. And they were like, yeah. And then I start seeing things that I don't like to see, like things like going back to Vancouver on my own and having to pack all his things up and trying to figure out like how to expatriate him to New Zealand and I ask my guides in that moment and I say um I said was was Dan's life at risk and they nodded And um, they made it pretty clear that if we were in the Caribbean, he wouldn't have left the Caribbean. It's really weird too, like I'm just thinking, um, when I only knew, like when I just had that vision, it was like so weird like all I can think about how to describe it is like how in my old job in dispute resolution we used to get people calling through or coming in to visit us or emailing or however they contacted us and telling us their story of what happened and because we were the first people to listen it was like they'd just unload everything and we had like a compassion fatigue talk because when you're dealing with so much negativity and things going wrong in people's lives, like it's, it's 
hard to a point like there's only so much you can take as a person and you can probably tell that I was pretty bad in that job I was good at my job but I really really physically emotionally and mentally took on people's problems which wasn't good for me it was good for them (laughs) I was great for that position but it wasn't good for me or my mental health or physical health but I remember this talk that we had and someone said you know when someone unloads on you a story that's um shocking or like has a lot of emotion to it and they tell it to you without your permission it's like they're giving you slime like it's like they're transferring their own slime onto your body and you can't escape it you now have that slime and it's all over you and that's what it felt like with this vision it was like we were driving down Miami and then driving down to Florida and every 30 seconds I was just remembering the vision seeing it again and when I'd see it I'd just get full-on body chills, full-on, I'm getting them now. That was what made Dan actually take me seriously because I told him about my confirmation goosebumps or what Lisa likes to call truth bumps. (laughs) And I would start talking about the Caribbean and what was going to happen there and my body would just break out. And we're in Miami, 35 degrees of humid weather and I would just get these goosebumps all over my body and they would stick around like they'd stick around for about two minutes it was just the most confirmation I've ever had in my life and I'm getting them now again yep they're still there and then they'd die down again and I'd think about it again like it would just come up again and I wouldn't even have to say anything and I'd just get the goosebumps so that would happen and then I'd tell Dan, I'd be like, look, like I just got these goosebumps because it was quite emotional. But I remember at some point, sorry, I I realized that I prefaced this story with like saying, this is why I don't trust my spirit guides anymore. And I just completely lost track of that and just started telling you what just happened in general. But I remember asking them, I think when we were either in Atlanta or Miami or like it was definitely after I'd seen that vision, I had a bit of a stern talking to them. I stonewalled them for a little bit, like I ignored them. And then I asked them, I was like, why did you tell me that we were going to the Caribbean if we were never going to go? Because this is a bit of a sticking point for me. There was a family member in my life where as a kid, they'd say, oh, we're going to go over to Australia or oh, let's go do this. And I'd get excited and it would never happen. And so having expectations build up and then taking them away is a very childhood gripe of mine. And so for my spirit guides to do this to me, it just felt really targeted and it felt really personal. And I didn't like it. Like I was very upset and I was just angry. Like, cause sure I used to have those feelings as a kid and I couldn't really control when those situations were going to happen but then now later in life I can set boundaries and I can make sure that like if someone tries to offer me something I can just make sure that it's actually happening so that I don't get my hopes up but with this I just remember asking them why did you tell me for six to eight months like why did you let me freaking manifest with you like why did you just go on with the story that we were going to the Caribbean And they just said, we told you what you needed to hear. So now, like that was only in April, we're in June now. The only time I've chatted to my spirit guides in that time is that conversation I talked about in last episode, the conversation with Leo, because I just haven't connected with them. I haven't trusted them. Like I've lost trust and I know they have my best interests at heart, but it's more like, I know they're telling me what I need to hear, but. I I get invested in stuff and I get excited and I think I'm just scared now that if they tell me something's going to happen, I I just double think it. Like they've told me before and like Leo's told me in that last little session with him that I'm going to be a published author. And now I'm just like, okay, are they just saying that because that's what I need to hear in this moment or am I actually going to be one? Because like that's my biggest dream in this world I can't actually face that not happening so yeah I'm just at this point now where 
I don't really trust what's coming through. And so I've just kind of stopped contact altogether. And so that's kind of been going on in the background. So when you guys are like, oh, are you going to talk to Leo? Like, are you going to try and connect with him again? Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent going to try and do that. I, I, I wouldn't be able to not do that if you know what I mean. Like I still have that mother instinct, even though I haven't been a mother in this lifetime yet. But there's just that niggling in the back of my head where I'm like, what if this is all part of something else, something bigger? And what I think is happening isn't actually happening. And that's where I start to get a bit down because when things feel so real and when you're getting so much confirmation, but then there's that doubt in the back of your mind. <laughs> I just heard, I'm actually seeing color in front of me as well. I'm seeing green in front of me. I just heard from spirit guides, I don't know who, <laughs> some energy out there, the ones that were telling me off for swearing, that I should ask for signs. They want me to ask for signs just to confirm. Okay. I take that because every time I've asked for a sign and gotten it, whatever I've asked for the sign about has come true. So, okay. I like that. Thank you. I don't think I would have... See, I'm so glad I sat down and re-recorded today because if I'd just gone through with that last recording that I'd made a few days ago, I wouldn't have gotten that little bit of information. That's really nice. I feel like I've been given like the gift of some peace of mind. <laughs> We're on a happy note, so I'm just going to stop it there because I want to just like bottle this heaviness right now. But I just want to take a moment again just to thank you guys for like even being here because it's crazy. Like we've had over, I say we because you're so part of this, we've had over 16,000 listens. And I swear, I don't even know 20 people. And the thing is, is like when I started the podcast, sure, I told people that I knew, but they just thought I was crazy. So it's not like they were tuning in. Like wherever you guys have found me, I don't know how you've found me. I feel like every listener is just linked back to my sister and her sound baths because she spread the word about my podcast. So thank you, Soph. I love you so much. <laughs> I owe you like any listener that I have right now. But yeah just thank you for being here I don't take it for granted for a second <laughs> I promise you that <laughs> it's nice to know that I'm not just talking to myself you know <laughs> you've been listening to Psychic-ish I'll have a question box available on my Instagram at Psychic-ish podcast for you to tune into tomorrow thank you for listening best of luck getting to sleep tonight i'll see you in two weeks bye bye